0: Amy's birthday today, says here. Is she, she's not here yet, okay. Um, I have a certificate here. Again, in this church, we've been trying to recognize the people that have been making the sacrifice, uh, the ones that are being called by God to move in certain ways and different, different uh, responsibilities. Um, last week, we called Uh, our deacons, and uh, there's one couple there that wasn't uh, here last week, and they're here this week, Uh, if I can, I'm looking around the room, they're not here, all right, there's Deacon Vince and Sister Julie, (laughs) can you please come up here, (laughs) thank you, yes, Yes. you know, the the servants, there. our servants, most of, all of them, if not most of them, if not all of them are quite shy, and to get. they don't want the attention, but uh, we're giving this Thank because you, we Jay. want to honor the, the people that are serving, and uh, we want the church to be praying for them, because if you have served the Lord in the past, or now, you know that there, <laughs> 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 there have been times where the enemy will attack you, right? Try not to focus on they that picture. They a better picture. <laughs> there <would have> <laughs> Okay, you bring that up with Mike Yoga, okay? <laughs> but uh, this is our—they our de- de- are our new deacons. When, when did you get ordained again? A few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like yesterday, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, let's give them a round of applause, and please. Um, Please be praying for them. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Vince. Yes. God bless you. Yes. There's no Kodak here? Yeah. Kodak? Yeah. No, no Kodak. <laughs> yeah, there. got to be the glory? Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a picture. Okay. Welcome, yeah. Thank you. Let's give thank them another you, round of applause. You. God bless you. Thank you, Julie. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, that's a perfect thing for us, too. The message tonight is the sword of the Spirit. So, um, Okay, children, are dismissed to your classrooms along with their Sunday school teachers. Sunday school teachers, thank you very much for your sacrifice and for your work, for preparing and equipping and feeding the next generation of uh, Christians. If you do have a cell phone, please make sure they are turned off. Um, our welcome committee we have a few visitors tonight so let's make sure that we get them there if you are new um, this is your first time visiting um, you're going to get some goodies if this is not your first time visiting and you're lying god knows okay (laughs) i'm just joking Uh, no for the first time visitors uh, visitors we'd love for you to uh, to get that goodies that we have for you um okay i think we're ready is this one gonna turn up no it's up okay um i entitled our message tonight take up your sword take up your sword there's there's been a lot of nice movies that i'd like to um, talk about and, and give a picture of when the men were called to take up arms you know to defend their country or family Uh, one thing really sticks to mind is is the gladiator one you know when when, uh, that guy William Wallace with the blue paint in his face and he's trying to rally the troops to fight against the oppression of of, uh, Europe or Britain I I forgot already I watched it a thousand times and I forget but um, and we're in our journey we're still in our journey for those of you are visiting we've been studying the book of Ephesians and we are in our mini series, which is the full armor of God, and this is, believe it or not, the fifth part of it. <laughs> We're slowly doing it. Uh, I'm going to be reading. I'm going to be reading it, and um, if you have your Bibles, you can feel free to turn to Ephesians chapter six. I'm going to be reading from verses 10 to 17. The armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted in the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. In verse 17, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, you are good, Father. We thank you for the songs that you've given to us. We thank you for the singers and the instrumentalists that made the sacrifice, Lord God, to be able to serve you in that capacity, Lord God, in order to prepare us, Father, in this message that you have for us. We're relying on your power, Lord God, and we're asking for your wisdom. And we're asking for the Holy Spirit, the true teacher, to speak to our hearts and to our souls. We ask now, Lord God, that you save the lost that are with us tonight. We ask, Lord, that you encourage those who are disheartened. We ask for the healing for those who are spiritually sick and physically sick. We ask for anointing, Father, for for me. Guide my words, Lord God, and give me words. Bless the message, Lord God, and all these things we ask in your mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Um, So, uh, I have some good news and some bad news. Good news is we are almost done in the book of Ephesians. Mm -hmm. Bad news is it's not tonight. (laughs) So, but um, I I hope for those of you who have been following us and has been studying it, Uh, For quite some time too. I hope that you're fully getting, you're getting the full grasp of the full armor of God. That that's the best way for you, according to the Bible, that's the best way for us to really fight this battle that we are in as Christians. Um, And tonight, I'm going to say finally tonight, a piece of the full armor is we can use for offense. Finally. Finally. Everything has been for defense. Everything has been for resolve. Everything has been to keep it together. Although every piece is quite crucial. You cannot make it without the other. So, but tonight, I've been wanting to go offense. You know, I've been wanting to. <laughs> Having a weapon in a fight is crucial. Do you agree? Now, I'm not encouraging you guys to be a fighter, but. In the Philippines, it's always been the case there, especially when I was growing up, there's always encounters. And most of the time, it's from your family. Uh, For me, when I was younger, I was bullied by my cousin, which is everybody's story, right? We have the older cousin who just wants to bully you because they're older and they're bigger. I went home after being tormented by my cousin. Let's just put him, if he's watching, if he'll be watching. His name is Jerry. Jerry, it was you, it's you I'm talking about. <laughs> Jerry was bullying me. I went home. My mom saw me crying. She goes, why are you crying? Why are you crying? And I told her, Jerry's bullying me. And she goes, how come you didn't defend yourself? This is all in Tagalog, okay? <laughs> I go, well, he's bigger. This was when I was really young. So she goes, you see that stick there? I go, yeah, go get that stick. You get that stick and you go back to Jerry and you tell him that I told you that he's not going to bully you again. Because next time somebody's bigger than you, you pick something up. (laughs) Guess what I did? I had to do it because she said, if you don't do it, I'm going to beat you up here. (laughs) So (laughs) I had to go and face my bully. But the, the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit, the second part of verse 17, the Lord told us that we are to pick up i read that. There you go. Take the helmet of salvation, which we tackled last week. And then now we're, we're going to be talking about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I have some questions for us here. I and mean, we read again Ephesians 6, right? And there's, a, this, there's this question. Some churches or denomination no longer stands with or some uh, or a lot of biblical truth. Um, and then the question is, how do we believers of Jesus Christ deal with this? If you don't know, there have been uh, drag queens that celebrated in certain churches, uh, certain Christian churches, certain denominations of the Christian world. That They had drag queens celebrated as they walked in the church. And there's even a viral video of a person in drag Reading the scriptures and then changing the word kingdom of God to quindom of God. So how do we, how do we believers of Jesus Christ deal with this? Now we know in these past weeks, these past Sundays that we've been, we've been studying again the book of Ephesians. The, the, the attack, the battle that we are in. We know that Satan hates God. Right? remember? The world is ran by Satan. Now, if the world is run by Satan and Satan hates God, that means, that means what? That the world will constantly attack us Christians. Right? Now, John 15, 18, 20 reads, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. Now, Knowing that the world we live in is against God and His people, how knowledgeable are you with God's Word? If the one piece of the full armor of God is the Word of God, how knowledgeable are you? Are you trained with it? Are you ready for the battle? Because we are to stand in the Lord. And this is one piece here of the, of the full armor of God that we can actually do defense and also offense. Now, before we get there, there is, let's see some biblical, biblical background on our only defensive and offensive piece of the full armor. Now, the sword background, the background of the sword in, in battle, battles in ancient times there were small little daggers called makaria. Called, uh, it could be uh, a foot long or shorter. Uh, they were used in hand-to-hand combat to inflict a fatal blow. Uh, and then there's the massive sword, which is the ramphaya, which we discussed this last week. The ramphaya is the massive sword that needed to be handled with two hands. So if I may, in, in, in this time now, the makaria is the pistol of the soldiers. The ramphaya is the rifle. So it's, it's, it's very strategic. As Paul used it, it, the picture is that we're always carrying it. We're always strapped. <laughs> Some of you have your CCW, but all of us must have our CCW with our Word of God. How many of you have Bibles at the house? Raise your hand. Show of hands, I should say. Yeah. How many of you have dusty Bibles at the house? Meaning you haven't touched it. It was just there for looks. It was there to bless the food. It was there to protect this room from evil spirits. It's there in our car to protect us from accidents. Right? Now, the word of God, as as Paul described here, is not the Bible itself. Um, now, I've always thought that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. That's, that's, that's my thing, the Word of God, the Scriptures. But it, it turns out that there is more. There's more meaning in the sword of the Spirit. Um, so the question, what is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit? The word used here for word is not logos, but rima. Now, there are different words in Scripture that, we, that translates to wor- the word, word. There is the written word, which is graphe, which is where we get the uh, graffiti. Uh, that's described in 2 Timothy 3.16 and 2 Peter 1.21. Um, real quick. And, and, and then the living word, logos, which is Jesus, that's in John 1.1-3, 1, Luke 1.35 and Hebrews 4.12. Then there is the spoken word, rima. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak, rima, unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Um, Let me see. There you go. Now, what is rima? It is the word of God boldly received with faith or boldly confessed with faith. That it means it's the, the words that's been uttered. So it's the, it's the verses in your Bible. So the way that you are to see your Bible is not the weapon itself. That's your armory. That's your gun safe. Where all your weapons are in. Now for close combat, because that's what, how they used to fight, the long swords will, will actually be a disadvantage. That's why the Rima is better for them to use. So, again, if you think about it, the times that the enemy has attacked you, if you don't have a Bible verse to, uh, to combat the attack that he has given you, and we will see that in Matthew 4 when Jesus was, was um, tempted in, in the desert by Satan you will see that Jesus, remember, Jesus combated and, and fought Satan through the word of God. Um, let's see here, Matthew 4, 3 to 4. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I changed that intentionally so that we know when we say word. Now, after having the water baptism with John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit took Jesus to the desert where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Naturally, hunger and thirst is the result of that. So that's where Satan attacks Jesus. But, you know, more than food and more than hunger, I believe that Satan was attacking God by his title. You are, if you are the Son of God. You see that? He didn't say, if you are hungry. Although he said, turn to these stones to become bread. But Satan was tempting Jesus of his title. You are God. You shouldn't be suffering. You shouldn't be going through this. And that's the same attacks that he throws at us, Satan. When he says, You don't deserve that. How dare your husband say that to you? You deserve better. How dare your boss treat you this way? You deserve better. I thought as a Christian, your life will be better. Go back to your old ways. Go back to your old life. Leave the church, right? The entitlement is the one that's being attacked here that the the right my right to to myself now knowing this that we live in a sinful world we're all this is the number one thing that's always attacked with us christians other than other than the riches of this world the entitlement i deserve better right I deserve better, I, I, don't, I don't need to be treated like this by, by my husband or by my wife. My children are treating me, uh, they, I don't deserve the way they're treating me. It, it's all of that. Now the weapon in the full armor of God is the Rima, spoken by word. And this is where Jesus Jesus uh, responded with Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6. So there's there must be something this is a fair warning to everybody that if you don't have a verse to respond to the temptation that Satan always attacks you with, you will fail. There's no positive thinking here. Maybe you can get away one time, but the second time you'll find yourself always falling. If you are being tempted with your lust, I don't know, maybe you should say, you should recite the, book in, the verse in Corinthians and say, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now I should treat myself, I should see myself as the temple of the Holy Spirit. My sister, my brother, they are created by God in the image of God so that you don't lust anymore in that way. Because that's what Paul said, right? We should see women as our mothers, our sisters. So there should be those scriptures, you know, because in, in this church and other Christian churches that, that I, I know of, we treat the Bible as the word of God, infallible. There's no mistakes there. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. That's what the Bible is. It corrects when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So if you've been wanting the Bible to adjust to your lifestyle, you're wrong. We are to adjust our lifestyle on how the Bible is written down by the instructions of God. Everything that we do in this church, everything that we do in this church is based on the Bible, believe it or not. It's done in different ways, in modern ways, naturally, but it's all, there's a biblical standing there. In Psalm nineteen seven, the law of the Lord is perfect. In John 10, 35, the scripture cannot be broken. Revelation 22, 18, and 19, don't take anything away from what is written here or add anything to it, or there shall be added to you the plagues that are written in it. Now, Pastor John MacArthur said, When we say infallible, we mean that everything it affirms is true. Everything that is written in the Bible is true. And when we say it is inerrant, we mean every word in it is true. It is true in all that it affirms. That's infallibility. It is true in every single thing it says. That's inerrancy. That's our Bible. So the Bible is without error in all that it affirms, in all that it teaches. It is inerrant in every word. Every word of God is pure. Amen? Amen. Amen. And if that is true, if that is true, then we should take it seriously. Don't you agree? Some people, yeah. Some of of us, we agree. (laughs) No, I, I get it. It's a hard pill to swallow. It is. Because if everything that's written down there is true, and it is, then we are compelled to follow it and obey it. It pays us well to obey what is written down. Um, If we believe that with the rima of God we will live, we will obey. Amen? So we should stop living in sin. If we are still living in sin we're still consciously knowing that we are disobeying god in a command that he told us not to do then we should stop it if we want to live if we want god's blessing because it's written down there if you obey him he will bless you then we should drop whatever it is that's causing us to not live for him amen yeah now there's this this there's this uh, temptation of satan for us christians Uh, that says, uh, since you are saved and it's once saved, always saved, what's the point of holding back yourself from sin? Sin now and be saved anyway. Party now and go to heaven later. (laughs) Right? Now that's wrong. I hope you know that's wrong. We are saved by grace, not by what the things that we do. And we can't keep ourselves saved. There's nothing that we can do to lose our salvation, that's true. But we are never told by the Bible, it's not there to say, that says, stay the way you are. No, in 1 Peter 1, 15, 16, it reads, but just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And then in Romans 6:1 to 3, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into this death? We defend with the rima of God, then we strike back with the rima of God. When Satan attacks us with a lie... And Satan's Satan's crafty. Satan knows the Bible, guys. Satan knows the Bible, and Satan's the father of lies. So he can he can come up with a statement that's half true, and half lie. And what's the worst kind of lie? Is that kind of lie. And look here in Matthew four five to seven, the devil then the devil took him, speaking about Jesus, to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not, not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. See, he attacks you with the Verse. He attacks us with a verse. Isn't that crazy? And if you're not equipped, you're not equipped with the word of God, what are you going to say? There, we, there's this thing. Um, people, even Christians, and I think I, we've tackled it before, but if you're thinking that this is a Bible verse, it's not. When they say, God will not give you anything that you cannot handle. They think it's in somewhere in John or Mark or in between Genesis and Revelation. It's not. It's not. It's not there. Actually, in in reality, God will give us tests and trials that we cannot handle to truly get the strength out of us, the confidence that we have, the pride that we have that we say, I don't need God on this. I can handle it. God will not give me anything that I cannot handle. No, you're wrong. He actually does the opposite. Because he wants you to finally surrender and accept, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I need your help. You know, the Bible verse that maybe sounded like what the world is saying is in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. For no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. He will always give you a way out so you can stand up from under it. So again, it's about temptation. God will not tempt us to the point that we cannot handle it. That's the thing. God would not send that. But regarding trials, we will get those. You know, the the other observation that I have here is Satan, because of his pride, but because there is half-truth there, right? Satan runs the world temporarily to a certain degree as God allows him. And then he, because of his pride, he forgot that he's talking to God, although he says, if you're the son of God, right, throw yourself down there. And then he uses that verse. He uses that verse, but it's an incomplete verse, guys. That's not, he, he, took it, he took the verse out of context because the complete verse in, in Psalm says, because uh, Satan used Psalm there, Psalm 90, 91, 14 to 16, it continues, Because he loves me, so Satan used Psalm 91, 11. He quoted Psalm 91, 11 to 12. And, but the continuance of that is this. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him and, and I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. Uh, I will be with him in trouble. You see, God's never promised us Christians or the people that will follow him a troubled free life. He never promised that. Actually, he he said the opposite. In this life, you will have trouble. That's what he said. But I have overcome the world. With him, we can do all things with him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So that's the complete idea there. That's the complete message there. Because they love me, because we love God, he will be with us in trouble. Right? Because there's many ways that we get in trouble. First is because of our own stupid decision. Right? We decided to gamble our paycheck in the casino because we thought we would do, we will double it. Because man, you know, I got bills to pay. I'm just gonna go to the casino, win that money, pay it off. And then three minutes later, we're like, what did I do? <laughs> Lord, if this wasn't your will, you should have not given me that spot in front of the casino. I thought that was a sign. And then the the dealer, it was calling me. He has the same name, Joe. So I'm like, this is a sign. Right? And then you lost. So that's one trouble that we get in, our stupid decision. The other thing is because we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. People will hurt us. The economy will hurt us because of sin. Sin exists in this world, so we will get harmed by it. And third, it's, it's by God's design, because it's God's way to get our attention. Because unfortunately, during our blessings, we don't see Him. And our blessings, he just He's muted in our blessings. But He's on a megaphone when we're on our trials. That's why troubles come. Now, the last temptation that Jesus went through is... In verse 8 to 11. Again, the devil took him out a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. On the last temptation, Jesus again responded with Deuteronomy 6. And again, Again, Jesus quoted again Deuteronomy 6. Now, Satan thinks he really owns everything. Now, he forgot that he only owned the world and runs the world to a certain degree. Pride blinds us. You know, sometimes this temptation tells, this temptation relates to us in this way. If you follow God, you will be financially free. Or some have found out that once they start following God, they're getting broke. So they said, you know what? This Christianity is making me poor. I don't want it anymore. I want the other type of Christianity, which is the name it, claim it, and I get it. I want a red 2022 Tesla S model. Today. In Jesus' name. Amen. By 11 p.m. (laughs) Specific. How many times did that work? Never. Right? Satan Satan forgets. But Satan was told, right? Satan was told by God that worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. You know, Christians, the temptation in our life is to serve other things. And most of the time, it's our work because we want money. Okay, we need money. I get it. Work is God's gift to us too. So that we become productive in this life. (laughs) Right? In this life. Um, You know, in Mark 8.36 it reads, For what is for man to gain the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Right? Remember? Remember in Mark 10.25 too when Jesus told Everybody after he met the rich young ruler that it is easier for a camel to enter the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. That's the other idol in this life. That's the other temptation that Satan constantly uses. Luxury, money, weekend, vacations, whatever, whatever, material things. We live in a very materialistic world. We live in a very materialistic society. We can never have enough. It doesn't seem like we can have enough. It doesn't seem like we have the latest car. Why? Because the minute we drove it out of the, the parking lot, commercial goes up for the 2023. You're like, what? The? I thought I was going to be the coolest guy at work right now. Look at this. Right? It's, it's, it's never, we can never have the latest one because there's always something that's coming out. Even on our cell phones, right? I think the first iPhone was one of the best cell phones that came out until they came up with the second iPhone. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. Because for those of us who have been here before when the AOL times, remember when the dial-up happens, when you log in, it'll take you about 15 minutes. And that's fast because you have DSL, right? You go right? And you're like, oh yeah, I have DSL, man. I'm going to log in and I'm going to play. But now you're just like waiting for five seconds. You're like, man, I need a new phone. This thing is slow. Five seconds? Goodness. I wanted it earlier. A second ago. See, this world and Satan will constantly use, he will use, and they will use everything that's involved in our life to take our eyes off God and tell us you don't have enough. Stop going to church. Work overtime. You know what? Christianity is telling you to give your tights. Stop that. It's your money. You deserve it. Keep it. Right? Everybody else is giving. There's other nurses there. <laughs> There's business people there. Let them give. God knows. <laughs> right? We, we have these things. So, The enemy will misuse. These are the things that we've learned here, right? After Jesus said the verse and the verses on the third time, the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. Folks, we are to take up the sword of the spirit. Now, how do we do that? Your question, you're asking, How do I do that, Pastor Joe? Simple. Read your Bible. In Greek, read means read. Pick it up, read it. If you you don't have a Bible, let me know. We'll give you one today, tonight. If you're having a hard time reading the Bible, and if you belong to the Lord, you've surrendered your life to Christ, you pray. And we're going to be tackling prayer next week. You pray and ask God to give you discernment. And there's another thing. Buy a commentary. If you don't know what a commentary is, you need to buy a commentary. Because it's out there. The commentaries are there to explain to you the passages, the biblical backgrounds of it. Everything is, is, that's the only way. The enemy will misuse the word of God, and he knows the word of God. He will use it against us, and he will use it against God. He will always cast doubt to us and about the goodness of God and his plans for us. He tells us that God wants our life to be boring. That's what the enemy tells us. Same thing that the world tells us. Why are you going to go to church again? Weren't you just there last week? Why are you going to go to church again on a Sunday? Weren't you there on Wednesday? And can't you praise God anywhere? Why do you need to be in that building? Because the Bible tells us that we are continue to continue to gather. Let us continue to encourage one another. Now here's how we can make this work in our real life. Right now. You have to read your Bible. You have to meditate. You have to memorize verses. Memorize those verses that that jumped out of it, jumped out of it. As you were reading your Bible, it spoke to you. like, oh man, that's mine. That's for me. That's, as you were going through your trial or your temptation or your test, and then God says, I will, always, I will never leave you nor forsake you because you were feeling lonely. And God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You take that and you keep that. So when, when the enemy is attacking you again with your loneliness, you're going to say, no, God is with me. And you fear, if you're feeling unloved, you have John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And if you know that you accepted Jesus and you belong to that, and you are the one that He's talking about, For God so loved Chris. For God so loved Naomi. All right? So you put your name in there. You own it. You put it in your heart. And then you have one verse. Now, I hope that we can learn from a very, that, that example of Jesus, a very concrete, a very clear example on how we apply in, in, in wearing the full armor of God and using the sword of the Spirit. That's how we fight the enemy. Amen? Amen. Now, we are not fighting for victory, church. I'm going to close with this one. We are not fighting for victory, but we are fighting from victory because Christ has already won the war and has won the battle for us. We're fighting from victory. Amen. Do you understand what that means? What it means is just like in a basketball game, the game has been determined. You have won. So will that encourage you to stop playing? Or will that, keep, will that encourage you to say, we won? <laughs> then there's nothing wrong that I can do. No. That's, that's the attitude that some of us will take. But we are fighting from victory, but we are not to be careless. We are already victorious. We have overcome, but we are not to be, be careless with it. We are to walk and to fight in victory and very carefully handling the sword of the spirit because there is there are many times and there can be many times that you will mishandle the word of god amen a lot of people mishandle the word of god now to apply it in certain things if we believe and we do that everything that's written down in the word of god is true and there's it's it's perfect there's no mistakes What's the first thing that we know about it? That no one can be saved from their sins except through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So for us Christians, for us Christians because you cannot have the full armor of God if you're not a Christian, correct? Remember? So for us knowing that truth, what's the responsibility for us? Two things. We are to share the gospel. We are to share the gospel to our loved ones, to our friends, to the people that God brings our way. We are to share it with non-stop, no hindrance. And then the other thing, we have to live our lives holy and pleasing to the Lord because people are watching. We are the salt and light of this world. So we have to hold on to our testimony. We cannot lose it because we are surrounded with a cloud of witnesses. And what did, what did the Bible also say? We are to love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength. That is the greatest commandment. Amen? Now, one of the most powerful weapons that we use as we inflict the victory using the spoken word of our loving and powerful, all-knowing, all-living God is in our hands, the Bible. Please read it. Please meditate on that Please put it in your heart Put it in your mind Because you will need it The moment that you Walk out from this building Or while you're in this building Amen Because you are in constant battle But that is our message tonight Hopefully um, The Holy Spirit has opened your hearts to that truth Um, Thank you for your patience As the music team make their way up here Um, If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't done that and you would like to do that tonight because the Holy Spirit prompted you, please come up so we can lead you into that prayer. If you have been visiting us for quite some time and God has impressed it in your heart that you are to belong to this church, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayer. God brought you here it's not by accident God is sovereign God is powerful you are here for that reason if you need that prayer for the situation that you are in please come up so we can pray for you uh, join me in the word of prayer Father we thank you for your message tonight we thank you for equipping us with the full armor thank you for the promise Lord God of your word that is that is perfect that it is powerful that there's 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 no mistaking it, Lord God. I pray, Father, that the burden of this truth will be upon our hearts and our minds. And you will not give us peace, Father God, until we succumb to that truth. Until we live in a way that we need to read your word. That we need to read your word. So that we will be able to be equipped to fight the battles that you've given us. I pray again, Lord God, for the people that are here. I pray for blessings for them. I pray that you guide them, Lord God, this entire week. I pray for my brothers and my sisters, Lord God. May you use them in mighty ways, Lord God, at their work, at their house, their, their friends, Lord God. I pray that you will give them the boldness to share the gospel for those who have been wanting to, have been thinking about it. I pray that you give them the boldness. I pray for victory for my brothers and my sisters who have been falling into temptation. I pray that this time, Lord God, they will trust in you and you will empower them and they will, Father God, be victorious. And I pray, Father, for guidance for all of us. May you protect us, bless us, and be pleased with us. All these things we ask in your sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all the Lord's people said, Amen, Amen. amen.